You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick i'm bob i'm tom and our esteemed guest today oh i'm sean duty <laughs> what's up buddy how are you yeah uh, good i thought we were going through the whole thing again uh, i know, uh, I know. everybody a little behind the scenes we just lost 10 minutes uh and in that 10 minute one that we just did uh i went effusive and overlong on sean du- sean duty's intro so heartfelt he was though you know? He was waiting for that bullshit again. Yeah, now no heartfelt. Nice. I'm, yeah. I'm angry now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Sean Duty, where might people know you from? Uh, You're mysterious. W- That's fine. It's yeah, fine. No, I, I was in End of a Year. Then I was in Self Defense Family. Uh, uh, you are an, I, you are an occasional guest on Overnight Drive. Occasional guest on Overnight Drive. Uh, I got some notoriety for a dishwashing job I had once. That was weird. Wait, uh, hold on. Wait, please hold do up. Tell. Wait a minute. Let's I, at, at champs, not, not, uh, not, nothing, nothing odd. But if you had to rank those four, you know, uh, resume points, <laughs> what put them in order from best to worst? So, member of end of year, member of self defense family, occasional overnight drive guest, uh, champs employee. Uh, I'd say self defense end of a year. Uh, champs in overnight drive. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Cold, Sean, are you just oh. trying to win us over? Uh, no, oh. I don't. I, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy this. We think you'll have a fun time and we'll have to, oh, yeah. we'll have to crack that nut a little more. Um, yo, before we get into this dirt, Tom, where's your energy at right now? Cause a little bit ago it was, it was mid. It's better now. It's better now. All right. Yeah. Then I'm I, at like I 75%. Need, I need horns again. These yeah. are our sponsors. To Live Alive Records. <laughs> Closed casket activities. <laughs> that was ska. I like that one. Pretty good, yeah. Death Wish Inc. <laughs> I like that. That was rough, And sorry. the one we're going to talk about a little bit more today, Run For Cover Records. Do you get horns? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pull it out. There we go. Um, guys, today is the day where we start filling our cart. We're doing the uh, shop the store. Let me start here and because uh, it'll be, well, whatever. Tom, start us off. Yes. Um, I loved I, it before because it was a surprise to me and it was so cool. All right. So yeah, uh, you forget everything I told you before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, a record that I've been uh, listening to a bunch recently um, that's kind of gotten overlooked because uh, band, the band that they do that runs concurrently with, or ran concurrently with this band kind of took over all of their energies. Um, but it's still a wonderful record. I want the to buy the 12-inch mm-hmm. um, Adventures 
uh, supersonic. Supersonic home. Kind of home. Yeah. All right. Um, yo, uh, so you, you, you kept it secret. I like it. Um, this is members of code orange. Old but code orange. But if you did not have that misnomer here, folks, you would never guess it in 1 million years. No, I, I promise you. Um, Fantastic LP. I own it. I really like it. Uh, if this came out in 1997, it would have been on Jade Tree, Merge, uh, Indie Record Du Jour, or like kind of like the weird melodic post-hardcore style type thing. It's really a nice record. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's like jangly pop rock, power yeah. pop type stuff. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Fucking totally agree. Okay. That is getting added to the cart. The yellow blue starburst out of one thousand sixteen dollars. Boom! In. Thank you very much. All right, um, Tom. Did you want to put anything else in there? Um, you know what? I'm gonna if if there's we still got some space bucks left over. I'm gonna we go got back. Space bucks. You're going back in. Well, yeah. I don't want to ruin oh, okay. yours. Yeah, then- no problem. Let's do that. I, Patrick, since you're you're the the label man, you'll you'll wait to the end. Okay, is that good with you? It's good with me. Okay. Um, I don't know how I didn't order this with my last run for cover order. Uh, I'm going to order the Portrayal of Guilt Slow Fire Pistol Split 7-inch. I'm getting the clear A-side, black vinyl B-side out of 400. Putting it in the cart. Very cool. Last time I ordered was ordering that last self-defense single, and I really meant to put this in there, and I don't know how I missed it. I, like both bands, think Portrayal of Guilt actually has material coming slash new material in the ether who knows sweet but slow fire pistol is a band who i am really curious about i have no idea what they got going on it is x foundation uh which is really cool but it doesn't really sound much like foundation at all again one of those like oh you would have never guessed unless i said something right it's hank that uh played guitar in foundation and played drums and sang in dead in the dirt oh I definitely would have made that connection either. Yeah, yeah. So and he plays guitar and sings in this. Kind of in the emo, screamo kind of thing. I, I think scrams is the right word for it, Tom, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, and I, I, I kind of said, like, I could have seen this fitting in well in the mid-90s. San Diego, hardcore, but not, but screamy, but like... Like a 31, a 31G type band? Yeah, like early, not not like not not two thousand like sassy, but like early right. version stuff. So I'm getting that split, and uh, because because it's been it's been a rough time here, rough time at A two G H Q here. Um, I'm getting myself a long sleeve T shirt. Always nice. Uh, I am picking the Pity Sex Switchblade long sleeve XL. You guys want to know why I'm doing that? Tell me. Because I don't love shirts, long sleeves especially, that have text on them. Sean Duty, as we did in the previous recording, what happens when someone wears a shirt that has a bunch of text on it? Band shirt, you go out in public, you're at, you know, you're at Cumberland Farms, you're at Stewart Shop. What does someone do? Some asshole wants to talk to you about it, and you don't want to talk to them. That's right. That's true. <laughs> at, at almost all stages of life. Hey, re- pity sex. That's all I get. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, <laughs> no thanks. Uh, headphones in all times. But this shirt has no text on it. doesn't say the band's name. Uh-huh. doesn't have any text. Um, has kind right. of a stylized logo on the sleeve, but it's kind of very chill and uh, cool design on the front. So that's what I'm getting. Those are my two. 
you know, while you're uh, there, before, I'm going to cut off Pat. Yeah, let's oh. do it. If we're, you know, we're still got that chopping cart open. It's open. And we're making it rain. I would like to order uh, something that is, is germane to both of our selections. I would like Ooh. the Pity Sex Adventures split. Oh, great. Very good. You, I am ordering that. Uh, another record I own. Really good. Um, speaking of, Adventures covers turning point on the 7-inch. Oh, second. I, I did did not know that, and that's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Hmm. PK, what you buying today? You love spending money. I do love spending money, but uh, I was just going to go very modest this time, and I I noticed that they're destroying a uh, new pressing of uh, the Quicksand 7-inch, and I don't know how many copies of this there are, but I think it's kind of crazy that this is able to be in stock. It seems like this would still be a big seller. And the fact that it's here uh, makes me want to buy. Very good. Uh, for listeners, they know, historically, never a quicksand fan until maybe like three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I have been listening a lot because uh, the been re- recording a new, new Drug Church record, and it's more mellow, and I don't, I'm fighting that. So I'm, I'm trying to get that yell down. Very cool. And, and, and that's nice evident. She's story. got a good yell. Yeah. Very good yell. Clean okay, slate. guys. Come on. Oof. Um, also, I saw on Walter's Instagram, he ran into Dan, the guy from Hypno Jam with Dan. Yeah. No. Ran into him in the street and he was like, it's been like 20 years. So that's kind of sick. Let's jam. All right, guys. Um, so our our total for our cart is eighty two ninety five, but But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to enter a promo code. Tom, what's that promo code? It's X to grind. Patrick, what do I got to do when I'm typing it? Spell it out. Boom. I'm, I spelled it out. I applied it. Yo, we saved $9.75. Fuck. Ooh. Damn. So sending this off. It's a whole and, burrito. Uh, yeah. Yo, that's, that, that is a whole burrito. Yo, what's, what's popping? Is that a Bomber's burrito? Fuck. I haven't been to Bomber's in a decade. Sean Duty, what about you? Oh. God no! I found it. I found like a decent burrito actually around here. I'm I'm bombers. Yo, where's the it. decent burrito in the five one eight? There's a new spot, um, Madison Avenue, uh, about a block down from St. Rose. Okay, uh, it's like seven dollars. It's like good New York taco truck quality for about the same or a little bit less. I'm a I'm fan. With. I'm a fan of Lucky Tortilla, uh, which. If it's, it would not shock me if it was not just open during COVID, but doing a brisk business. It, the interior was already like a men's bathroom, so <laughs> I, I uh, that's my spot. Where is it? Uh, not far from where Sean du- Sean Duty just just described. Oh, uh, lucky uh, tortillas. Okay, m- maybe uh, Sean. Du- Sorry, everybody. This is gonna get no. hella local. We, we uh, got it. We got to do it. <laughs> It is open, yeah. s- apparently, from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. Bless us. Yes. yes, yes, That's And it is, <laughs> oh, it's got a real 3 a.m. vibe to it. Is that uh, DP Burrito? It, it is so, okay. uh, Bob, what's what's the uh, what's the street? Or, or what's it's, the cross uh, street? Washington though? Ave at, let's see, it's uh, Washington just past West. So. Like, right, uh, right at where Washington, before. Two or three blocks before it hits into Western. Right. Okay. So uh, 
Sean Duty, what this was a big fight at uh, a Christmas of mine uh, not long ago that I spent it okay. all where the entire building of family tried to figure out what the name of the bar that is near the baseball field. Sean Duty, the the, oh. the Albany the Albany High baseball field. Albany there, High baseball field. Oh, oh. Opposite that, there is a bar that you have to step down to get into that serve to a everybody no snitching. Used, <laughs> used to serve underage. Yeah, uh, yeah we've got so many snitches. No snitching. You hear shit on here. You keep it here. All right. Yeah, it's, what, it's like the what on Ontario where you like kind of go it, like the entrance is like like the the en- the house entrances are on the second floor and you like go through the stairwell. That you one? nailed it. Exactly right. I should know this. It doesn't. It's actually not open anymore. It hasn't been for a for a while. But it's something real, real. It's corny. It, Irish. I know what it is now. But it, it was a fight. So because and part of the reason it was a fight, and we called in a lifeline to Nick Workle. Sorry, everybody. This is so local. It's good. We it's good. It, it, uh, it is uh, the Abbott. The um, Abbott. Yes. But uh, it, yeah, it, it's uh, everybody. The snitching thing is a little out of control. I had. Uh, Somebody called me the other day to say, oh, yeah, I got a message that you're getting wild on Twitter. Hey, hey, everybody. What I do is get wild on Twitter. You understand? It, it, there's no point in snitching on a thing that I do every day of my life. It's not snitching. That's not news. It just makes you look look, look weak. Don't do that shit. Don't look new. Let's go. Well, All some right, people uh, want to know if like, we have to do like a wellness check. <laughs> well, you know what? That that's considerate. I appreciate that. Go like, Yo, yeah. what the fuck is up with your boy? And I go, let me go. I'm like, oh god. Yo, PK's a year out of wellness checks. He's doing good these days. I'm well, killing I mean, there's it. other well. I mean, there's many reasons for well. Wellness checks. You're right. You're right. You're and right. Him just putting about Rose. You know, RBG having a 3.6 percent OnlyFans. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I, keep, I, I keep getting tagged in. So everybody is just tagging me in Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff. But sincere, earnest Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff, not like because all they see is that I'm a verified uh, account with Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the name. Right, right, right. But they don't take the second to read that I'm talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's OnlyFans. Like, yo, why are you tagging me in this earnest nonsense? You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly I am at I'm not disrespected, Ruth, but clearly I'm being a little irreverent, guys. Yeah. I'm not actually a Ruth Bader Ginsburg stan account. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, before we get into our more serious conversations today, um, Sean Tootie, yes. can I get your commitment to give Lucky Tortillas a try at some point in the next couple of weeks? Lucky Tortillas. Um, I'll tell you what I do most most days is I just walk around okay. uh, and milk unemployment and I'm uh, so, trying to get so that trying thing, to get yes. better help so I'll probably pass it. Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, yo, if you need, <laughs> if I'm, I don't get too high to remember. Okay, I might come, which is likely. I might come up and do it with you because I'm going to read you all the two top two reviews on Yelp out of Lucky Tortillas 13 cumulative. Uh, it's a just as a heads up, it's a two star overall. But oh, good. the top two, there's a five star and a one star, so I feel like we're getting both ends. Which would, I, which should I read first, the one star or the five star? Fiver, no five one. Mm. Yeah, I, I figured five would be fun, and then get that one. All right, let's do the five first. Tom, Tom's the tiebreaker. Jane S from Albany, New York, who's done forty reviews, so you know she's a pro, a source. Not exactly a lightweight. No, no, she's she's also got a cat in her review photo. Um, so, you know, she Probably. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Full disclosure. This is not real Mexican food. Oh no. <laughs> this style of Mexican really? food originated in 
New York City, which is where I first experienced it. My friends in college always referred to this style as Chino Latino because it is Mexican food made by Chinese restauranteurs. What? I was uh, thrilled when I found that this style had made it to Albany. Yeah, I'm thrilled. It's uh, to, uh, to be uh, fair, I, I've had that. Yeah, right. Uh, listen, I, I might have told this story on this podcast, and if I haven't, I'll do it right now. I actually asked the lady, "Hey, what? Why'd you decide to go with Mexican food? Because she yeah. she does she does not really speak English. It's very sure. you know, and I thought it was so interesting that it's really just her and her husband. And she said. Oh, uh, when my husband moved here, uh, when we emigrated here, he moved or he worked in a Mexican restaurant and he said, very popular. So we did. And I said, you know what? I That's the it. American no, dream right no there. Better, no God better. Bless. Uh, it's cheap and tasty. I like anything with black beans or chicken. The salsa ranchera is tasty, even if it's not authentic. It's fantastic that you can gorge yourself for a mere $10. I'm certain I wouldn't want to eat in the restaurant, but delivery's quick and they're open very late, so it's a major success. I'm not. This That's is the no, five star. No exaggeration. I've been to the Penn Station bathroom three times in the last three weeks. It is of the same cleanliness as the interior. All right, let's, oh, get, let's get to and uh, yeah, I went to the Penn Station bathroom uh, a month ago, and it it's not it's uh, it's thriving. We'll say. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin J, also from Albany, New York. One review and one photo, and they're both here. One star. Hmm. It's I tough. Think Benjamin J might own another Mexican restaurant in the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to even know where to begin with what is wrong with ordering from this "quote unquote" <laughs> establishment. Could it be that even though I could have walked to this place from my apartment, the food took an hour and a half to be delivered? Could it be that when the food did arrive, they hadn't even gotten the order correct? Could it be that the nachos looked like they had been sitting for an hour and were cold? Could it be that the portions were small and tasteless? By the way, that part's a lie. By the way, <laughs> love how much large portion is a part of the 518 lexicon. Like, I got to be. Yeah. It, I can gorge myself here. Too small. Yeah. Um, CC is my favorite pizzeria. <laughs> One star is really. Far too much for this place. I can only echo what so many others have said. Save your taste buds, save your stomach, save your money, eat somewhere else. This place is bad and they should feel bad. Oh my God. Listen, I like his attitude. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, he's, guys he's, he's punitive. Yeah, fuck him. Could they, it be? Could it be? Man, fuck him. Yeah, off. I'm, I'm all in on Lucky's despite Man, their go. health score that's a robust 59 out of 100 yo this guy's a failed blogger fuck him everybody go to lucky tortillas it gets my highest uh, re review scores possible yeah lucky's has a 59 out of 100 albany collectively has a 47 so yeah, exactly <laughs> above the there you go yeah, yeah. um that's almost passing <laughs> That counts for it's a like lot. Six points shy of passing. <laughs> um, Sean Duty, uh, you you spent quite a while in the band with Patrick. Tom, did you? Tom, did you enjoy when we did the? Uh, what's the worst thing about being in a band with Patrick to the drug church guys? Oh yeah, it was fantastic. All right, well let's flip it on its head. Sean Duty, what was the best part of being in a band with Patrick? Uh, never a lack of conversation. Slash, actually turned me on to some to some uh, music I listened to. More frequently than what I was listening to before I was in the band. Oh, that's a that's a wonderful compliment. Very I'll good. take it. Thank you, Sean Duty. I'm all over that Lloyd Cole record. Right. Oh yeah. All right. So um, 
So does Sean get called Sean Duty every time? I don't know. Virtually, yeah. One of those names. It's like yeah, virtually. Yeah. I was was calling you. I think I'll call you Sean here and there, but it does feel a little weird. Like Pat refers to him as if it's one word. Yeah, I know, and I hate that when people do it with my name. So, so if you don't like it, Sean, let us know. Uh, no, I'm I'm good with it. My my thing basically is like if there's a woman I'm attracted to who starts calling me by my last name, that's a that pretty much kills it. Other than that, (laughs) duty, come over here. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's like okay, you're not into me, are you? <laughs> yeah, that's not a great one. Oh, um, but other than that, other than that, all right. Well, since we're not trying to make out, we're all good. Um, we're going to talk on a, a, a heavyweight of the hardcore world today, but also dwells in quite a few different genres. Um, guys, we're diving in for a little bit of obvious and not so obvious with Discord Records. What I'm thinking, one of the reasons we, we recruited Sean Duty to come on was, Duty, how long has it been since you first started doing this most recent Discord kind of like walkabout? Um, it's been a couple of years at this point. Because I remember um, you texting yeah. me at I don't know when that you were doing this, and I was I was all game for it. I was excited. And, uh, and it's been, it's been like, it's been one of these, the kind of text adventures that I want from any acquaintance or friend, Sean Duty, you're certainly a friend when it's just random and it's a thought. And I'm so excited because it's the kind of thing that's like, huh, that, that brightened my day to hear your comments on, you know, nations of Ulysses or whatever it is. So, uh, (laughs) so thank you for that. Um, Guys, what what is the collective thoughts on Discord records? Let's like we have to, and also kind of as the primer, we've got some deep cuts, but we also are going to talk about the surface level because we have to acknowledge there's probably people listening to this who aren't super familiar with Discord records. Uh, my feeling is that the first forty records might be absolute canon in every way, except for the ones that aren't. Okay, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, when they – like, it, it's some of my favorite records ever and some records that if I listened to once, it'd be one time too many. Right. Uh, Cosign. Sean Duty, wh- just speaking broadly, what do you think of Discord Records? I mean, first of all, uh, when I was a you know, Mohawk punk, it was either East Bay stuff or Discord stuff or stuff that was directly influenced by Discord stuff. That's probably like one of my biggest influences. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also, a, you know, it's an institution. It's also a great look at a local label with local tastes. True. Yeah, like is that is that something that gets lost in the sauce and and more so lost in the way that labels operate in 2020? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also just couldn't be done now. And uh, because outside of like very major cities, where is there enough good hardcore to to be putting out regular releases to the tune of like three or four a year? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think you might be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, right. We, we can't hold it to the standard of, of Discord one through no. 20 or 40, right? But Tom, like well, what you were saying, like there's if you go regional, like I actually think you could get away with it. I mean, city to city, you're right. It might be tough, but 
but think about if you did a broad you know, Boston certainly is, they're in kind of a down phase, but you could do something. And if you have more of a broad brush and you're like, hey, I, I put out stuff from here, I think you get away with it in a lot of places. Like New York and Long Island is easily four records a year. That yeah, year. but, okay, so New York and Long Island, I would argue Chicago. I'd argue Jersey. And, I'd argue Philly. I'd argue Yeah, but LA. Jersey, uh, Jersey, you can't. You have to. Well, that's the thing: is you can't get micro regional on things, you know, and you can't be. We only do this type of hardcore on things. Like, oh, no, that you absolutely could not do at this point. No, I, um, I mean, I mean, that's so. Give me, yo, give me a city that you're doubtful of, or state, and I'll, I'll try to try to prove wrong. Well, st- state is different. If I gave I you like, t- if I gave you Tennessee, we can all doubt that. But mm-hmm. uh, there, give me a realistic one. Because I mean, like okay. Texas, I think we could do Texas, and there's even in the more like let's talk like hardcore and directly adjacent. I think there's enough going on in Houston, enough going on in Austin, enough going on Dallas and miscellanea that you could put stuff together and be putting out two, three, five records a year, some tapes for little bands, and kind of that it becomes cottage industry, you know. I think that we're maybe being a bit literal on this exercise because what I'm saying is put out and have it make sense. Like, yes, I agree with you guys. There is certainly in our opinion, there might be enough good bands in each city that we could find four records a year that we would be like, yeah, that's dope. Put that the fuck out. But that you could also potentially actually sell or has any audience or makes any sense, I think is thin. I really do. I think there's like three cities, maybe, which is San Francisco, no. Chicago, New York. No, I think you're, you, well, you're, you're leaving out LA. Yeah, I'm 100% leaving out LA. You're crazy, man, dude. I mean, if you focused and we're doing it, you could do, cause, cause I think you're, you're going by scale. Are you saying like big level records? No, of course not. But you got to build up to that. No, anyways. Not, big, but, not big, but I mean like, look, like we, we're always talking about like Florida hardcore being yeah. like pretty sizzling. You know what I mean? Like they do things, but I think the labels there that are maybe putting out a lot of local stuff are doing like, again, it's a scale thing. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can't, maybe, it's, maybe that's the thing is it's scale. And sometimes you're going to have something that pops big and then you're doing a tape. You know, right, I think you're doing, a, you're doing a hundred tapes. All right. Yes. So that's, that's, that's the thing is that, that I, I and like to kind of circle this wagon back, I kind of think that's what discord thought they were doing when they started. Yeah, it, was, it was just, it was just a period where a small record, uh, m- might sell 1500 versus a hundred. Right. Right. Yo, can you think of any examples like that? Sean duty that, uh, either, mm. you know, be it, in Albany or just one that you think of that's like, yo, this is a label that did a bunch of local stuff and it's, you know, notable. Uh, if you want to stretch it out a little bit, touch and go in the eighties. Oh yeah. And they, and they did a a similar, uh, both, uh, when they were in like the general Detroit area Mm -hmm. and when they moved to Chicago and like discord, they kind of evolved with their scene as opposed to you say a lot of the other things that discord inspired, like, like Exclaim, where it just like Exclaim, yeah. uh, train ran ran dry. That's right. Exactly because yeah, I mean to be fair, those bands ran dry yep. too. But it's like they they weren't. Yeah, there's there's no like uh, evolution of, of, of sound uh, to the label. No, it, it's interesting because yeah, Discord it might be unique in that you're seeing sort of this cohort of people coming up 
as artists and adults, and they still, a lot of the people from, you know, 1980, early 80, whatever, mm -hmm. are still involved with it. And at the same time, like, effectively, their, like, surrogate grandchildren are doing stuff on it. Touch and Go wasn't that far, like, didn't go that far, but at the same time, it was a, it, it, it did have a strong regional focus as that focus got a little out of, like, further out of, like, the negative approach, Necros, Detroit's, and... Right. right. No, I mean, that's actually a great comparison because I think Touch and Go and Exclaim are are both branches off the, the Discord tree, so to say. Um, yeah. At least in influence or, or the way they work, but but Touch and Go really kind of followed the pitter-pat for longer, and Exclaim had a really really bright burning but short-lived uh span what is it? is it six records on exclaim that actually count you know what i mean uh i will um both ssd dys jerry's kids fus um uh, i that might be nearly all of it period negative effects i uh, guess but i don't really care for them yeah. but but they were on it yeah uh, um, i thought that was touching that might be um um um, um tang Ooh, they, they at least reissued. Okay, it. sure. So, um, so yeah. I mean, regardless, this is to say, local labels cool. Discord started as a local label. They also just so happened put out, and to get into the obvious stuff, minor threat. Yeah. Uh, real quick aside, and just thinking for the future, we should talk sometime about Tang and how Tang kind of ran. They stayed around forever, kind of ran their reputation to the ground and is not remembered in the same breath as some of these labels, but should be. Uh, I think that would be a good count point counterpoint because their release, uh, the way they released records is kind of crazy when you actually look at it. it I like, mean, listen, their, their discog is wild. And like, we're also speaking about a label that grew to a point where it had uh, multiple physical locations. Yes, and no disrespect yeah. because I'm sure I'm going to walk into the spot in San Diego and I don't want the fucking dude to punch me in my neck, but uh, everything about it is crazy. <laughs> like not not just the way they were. Everything about that label is crazy. We can get into it sometime. Yeah, yeah we will, but, actually. That's a good idea. Um, so so Discord, like obviously it's minor threat, right? Like uh, Teen Idols comes first. There's a lot of other notable stuff, but but we've said it a hundred times. If for some reason you're hearing this podcast and you don't you don't know the entire minor threat discography, the Take program, the half hour. yeah, the programming went haywire, and you missed something. Um, that's that's forty five minutes out, out of. Uh, oh, it's 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 a, the oh, easiest way damn. for forty five minutes to improve your life. Is yeah, you know what I mean. Let's be real. Um, let's just go through the obvious stuff. Tom, what's what's a a Discord record that that comes to mind to you? That's like, yo, this is great. A, a non minor threat. Thing? Yeah, non minor threat. We'll go for the split. Yeah, Faith Void. Faith Void. Let's let our guest guest Faith or Void. Faith. Whoa. Okay. Outlier. All right. And, I, and I've always maintained this, and I've gotten maybe two people to back me up on it ever. All right. Let's uh, give it, us your argument, please. Uh, I really thought, especially they, given they, that you referenced Detroit's and earlier that that we were going Void here. Uh, the void side sounds like shit. Uh, it's wacky. I don't do wacky. Um, the, the laugh track doesn't do it for you. I mean, the, a faith record has a laugh track on it as well. Um, to be fair, um, 
I think that the recording quality on their comp tracks is a lot better. And the songs actually, it just kind of sounds like they're, it's falling apart and not in a good way. Okay. I mean, cause often it's, um, it's, I don't know if there's anyone who's listened faith void who doesn't hear the Floyd side and says, Oh, this sounds like it's falling apart. And it's just, most times I hear people say, but in the best way, but I'm not going to lie. There's been times when I've revisited recently and felt very similar to you on that. By about halfway through the void side, no, there's some hits, but like, I think after my rules, it starts getting really off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's look at what what else those, those two bands did. Subject to Change versus unreleased LP that is apparently extremely incompetent metal by everything I've read of it. Never actually been able to track it down not that inclined sure but, sure um and subject to change you feel strongly about subject to change very strongly about subject to change i can't believe all those songs are only a minute and a half honestly pk what are and, your feelings on and in the pk <laughs> say again what are your feelings on the faith uh i'm actually i i wouldn't say i'm shocked to hear sean duty i i kind of anticipated this but i I did not expect the subject to change love to be that strong. Uh, I think, I think faith is one of those bands that is uh, not, uh, we're going to get into ignition too, but these are bands that there's nothing wrong with and there's nothing wrong with. That's it. You know what I mean? That's the most you can say about them in my view. Same. We'll get into it later. Soul side to a degree. These are bands that there's nothing wrong with, but yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They're just not blowing my skirt up. I feel much the same though. The faith material on splits probably my favorite. What do you? Where are you at with that, Duty? Oh, I like that too. Do you like it better? Um, you like subject change better? I like subject change better, but I also still really like the uh, the, uh, the the split material. Okay. It's actual songwriting for for one thing. Short and rudimentary, but it's actual. But it's like actual songwriting. Yeah. Um. Uh. Which. It's big and it like it not that being 15 is something I'd want to repeat. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but like Jesus, Jesus Christ to be that focused when I was like 15, consider that Alec McKay was like 12 or 13 when he started uh, doing music yeah. and it's like a pretty recognizable through line to how all, all the stuff sounds. Yes. That's, 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 that's some shit. True. That's very true. What, what yeah. about, but wait, hold on. Does the, was he, no, he wasn't in beef eater. Was he? No, okay, good. That was Thomas. Swift. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, and you know what? Actually, Bells of when I visited that, <clears throat> I don't know. No, I won't say I like it more than Faith, but like I think that record actually has some like merit to it as well. Have you guys? Have either of you guys dove into that record? No. Uh, reissued by i mean not discord but someone much later in the whole you know teen beat it looks like or the move sounds or some shit um it's his it's his weird rev summer type stuff but uh i actually oh members of capital punishment too that's weird um i actually enjoyed it i found it more memorable than subject to change if that's reasonable to say um so so was faith void tom where are you at with faith void I go void most of the time, yeah. but I think I can. It's one of those things. It's, you know, it's a binary. You can go back and forth. I think you're right on that, and I think that often people try to camp themselves. And in fact, it's actually just a pretty good split record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate the I don't hate the void side. It's just far from my favorite. Yeah. There's there's some tracks, uh Who Are You Why Am I Here, like uh My Rules, like Organized Sports, like there's some fucking unbelievable songs on the void side. And uh damn. Okay. Um so Tom's was that. PK, give us one undeniable classic Discord release from the classic. Oh. I mean, I'll take almost all, literally almost any of the uh, lungfish material. Um, talking songs for walking, uh, and I'm trying to go with any because okay, embrace is a classic. Okay, so, uh, go there then because lungfish, lungfish. I want to go because I think only, only to you is it is a canonical classic. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. You you have you have really pushed to shift it, and I think you're not wrong. Like talking songs is a pretty great record, but but I, I I'll admit like that's a much later Discord find for me than than almost any of the early material. Right. So you're talking but, about forty, right? Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, I'll I'll point out that uh, Lungfish is the band where I put if I put it on at work while I while I'm prepping or whatever. Yeah. Has by far generated the most complaints from coworkers. Really, <laughs> they hate it. Jesus. Apparently, people can't. People, no matter what their genre is, can't stand anything that happens for more than about twenty-seven seconds. Oh, okay. Um, people fucking hate it when I do that. That's so crazy. I hate everyone. That just ruined my mood. Oh come on, get get that energy back. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not one of them, obviously. I put it on. Okay, sure. here, here, let's do this in a fun way because you mentioned Embrace and you mentioned Lungfish. <laughs> Compare those two bands, Patrick. Okay, uh, Embrace is the very, very clumsy post-minor threat uh, material that uh, sees Ian at his, in some ways, most cynical. Uh, Pre-Fugazi, obviously. True. Uh, which, which is uh, him going... Uh, in some respects, much more professional, although he was always professional, even as a kid, which is the most impressive part of that man. Yes. Uh, but uh, Embrace is seemingly self-aware that it would be short-lived, like a lot of his projects at the time. So like <clears throat> uh, Egg Hunt and uh, uh, Screwball, or, uh, whatever the, these bands were that like were projects more than anything. And uh, Embrace seemingly had the same... This is this is not this is for a good time, not for a long time. But it wasn't even for a good time. It's it's really, it's really Ian looking back on his time in Minor Threat with not rose colored glasses at all. Yo, and, that's, and, that's exactly what yeah. I think. It's it's you said it well. He's cynical, um, and it's it's <clears throat> it's clumsy. And let me say in the best way because it feels raw in a way that yeah. even the Minor Threat stuff it feels raw and angry but it's more raw than angry which is where i would say the the split with minor threat is have you ever seen the last show no you spoke of watching the video recently so tell us about this it's it's disrespectful it, it's like it, it's straight up like ian is is holding the audience in contempt and it is uh, for that reason really really thrilling to watch <laughs> it's it <laughs> i mean we've all talked about it tom who is a big fan of fugazi can even like Yep. zero in on the fact that yo Ian is unnecessarily withering at times like where yep. he seemingly is like the idea of suffering no fool he doesn't suffer even jokes sometimes you know what I'm saying so he's a little uh, too, he gets a little self-serious 
Yeah, a little self-serious would be the delicate way to put this. I don't think so, any of the four of us can 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 level he, he, that without also a, being like, hey, yeah. we look in the mirror and, and we know, we know, you know. I think, Tom, yeah. you're the I best mean, joker among yeah. us. Sure. But boy, I, I know for, for me, I can get too serious about stuff and have to pull myself back. So, so Ian, we're with you. Oh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying that in a bad way. No, 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 not at all. But like, he, he, I think, like Pat was saying, he always had this weird push-pull relationship with anyone who liked his bands. Yeah. And was like, he, he didn't try to, well, he still doesn't. He doesn't try to, like, ingratiate himself to anybody. Sure. And, like, that's a rarity, like, he, to go see a band of that magnitude and playing in, like, you know, the rooms that I got to see them in were, like, Sometimes it was, you know, 3,500 people watching this band for five bucks. Jesus Christ. You know, like they played the Roseland. They sold out the Roseland. It was yeah. like 3,500 people or something. Right. And like, you know, at the same time, he was, you know, ready to put a guy in a headlock and walk him out the side door for being too much of an idiot moshing. Right. And like had, a you know, $5 bills in envelopes at the ready to hand people back their door, their, the, pay, the, the money they paid at the door to just get them gone. Yeah, I I now that I reflect on it, so so Minor Threat was one of the first punk or hardcore bands that I ever got into, and I really think I connected with that particular energy because it's a thing that I share with them even now. That like I'm always being told that my bands would do better if <laughs> it, it, if I kind of glad handed like the the listenership more. You know what I mean? Even if I just called them fans instead of the listenership, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, but I, I just more, it, like more over here. the listenership <laughs> of my musical extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, well, th- but but that part of Ian, the the part of see, so I got all of Ian's bad qualities with none of his good qualities because his bad qualities, arguably, they're good qualities to me, is this kind of arm's length. Hey, I'm I'm here to do what I do, and if you enjoy it, that's great. Like, yo, that's to me, that's exactly what an entertainer is supposed to do. But I've got all of that and none of the commitment to community that this guy's got. (laughs) So like, I'm just a dick. And I can't, I wish that I could be like, you know, I wish I could be prickly, but still have, have like such a commitment that people are like, oh, you know what? It's all in good. Nah, people don't say that about me. But uh, the Embrace record is a record that people tend to go in phases with Sean duty. What's your stage right now of embrace love or hate? I'd have to go back on it, but I think, uh, my, my general opinion of that. And I, and I've, I've said some things about this in the van before, <laughs> uh, on tour. Um, I think it's a great example of the whole being less than the sum of its parts. Mm. And this is also, as I've, I've come to really appreciate the, uh, the empire, uh, LP, Fact. which supposedly was uh, such an enormous influence on it, which, by the way, I hear really more in Rights of Spring. Uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's extremely earnest, but I think it's uh, it's 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 a weird to me. It's right now it's sounding like a weird blip. Mm. It's so, a thing that happened. So I, I have gone through periods of thinking it's the best record ever to uh, finding it too earnest. And am now back to uh, really enjoying it. I think Minor Threat is still holds the the top spot for Ian material that most meets my sensibilities in yeah. terms of uh, of like what he's punching at. Forget the music for a second, like just what he's punching at. Even though it's like literal 
a child fucking writing the shit, but uh, Embrace can still hit that sweet spot even now that I uh, like. And to me, compared to Minor Threat, no disrespect to the players in Embrace, it's almost a step backwards. It's melodic, but it's childish. And yeah, it's but there is charm there. Yeah, it's it's not awful. I think it would have been better as a demo. It would have been interesting if they hadn't flared out quite so quickly, like they had another six months, yeah. and put out a record to see if, like, if if they may have recorded again. Yeah, um, obviously this didn't happen. But what's what's fascinating to me is I don't, you know, the logical thing would be to go well, you know, Ian's next material probably would have ended up sounding like what the early Fugazi material sounds like, and I don't think that it would have. I think that had Embrace stuck together, and this is a more interesting question to me than some of the more frequent hardcore what ifs that we get is that like, what if embrace lasts more than, you know, what is it? A A summer. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the, the 12 weeks that they last, what would their, their formal release come out and sound like? Because the LP was recorded. I believe the plan was to release it, but it was not released for a long time. Um, it was released posthumously in 87. So, I mean, a long time, I guess, is subjective. But, like, it didn't come out until after the band had been broken up. And it was clear, like, this is no longer a band. Here's this thing we did, kind of, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which which was a rep that Discord had in the time period, too. Which they consciously tried to get away right, from. Right, right. Um, which is not something that we really think about all that much. But. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting to me to think about that. And I, 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 I love the record. And think it's great. It's not minor threat. It's um, it's very different. It's not the faith. No. Do you like the faith more yeah. than embrace? Yes. Oh, interesting. Hands down. Wow. Especially. Uh, oh, also, I think the Eddie Janney. Uh, it's it's having two guitars when Eddie Janney's on. I think that really does it for me with subject subject to change. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, even though he doesn't really do all that much, just like a lot more open strings and shit like okay. that. But I th- I think that them maybe having to go back to um. Probably a, uh, let's be honest, a probably somewhat ham-fisted guitarist, mm-hmm. uh, ha- trying to do more sophisticated stuff with, with. Uh, it's a lot easier to do stuff like that with two guitars, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and going back with Mike, Michael Hampton just by himself, um, there's a lot of. It's kind of like it's almost like watching like videos of someone like being a kid. I don't, uh, oh yeah, okay. F- yeah. For me, and that and that's that's I don't like kids. <laughs> Um, not, not me. No, I get it. Well, it, it's to say that. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I mean, it's to say that the the sound. It's uh, looking at something that could be more than it is, but at the state it is, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not that it doesn't have inherent merit, but uh, seldom do I reach. Okay, for. you both mentioned the Empire LP. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because there might be people who are familiar with these records but don't know that record. Okay, so th- this was lore, and I we should actually talk about that really briefly. There was a time where Discord was uh, just it, it. Okay, so it would be fair to say that there's certain labels that are uh, for each generation of hardcore kid mythical or have this built-in lore. So it, it's Discord, then it's Rev. Uh, for the people that are adjacent, then you uh, then you go Touch and Go, uh, and uh, there's these labels, right? And then actually. F- as we've discussed from, from uh, uh, talking uh, with the kids in uh, Knocked Loose, it became early victory for some people or mid-period Oh, oh, oh yes, yep. And, and then now there is a generation that is mythologizes trust kill 
which is fucking insane <laughs> if you think about it. Go and, easy. And, and, <laughs> and, and it is uh, so each generation loves the lore. And Discord and, had early lore, lots of the oral history lore, lots of zine yes. lore. Yeah. It, oh yeah, and which, which helps that there's like a 500 page book written up. Yeah, that's a fact. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And, so. and uh, a good one too. It's it enjoyable. By, yeah. Um, and uh, so it became a a, a a talking point that uh, Embrace was essentially the DC kids trying to do what was ultimately a somewhat obscure record, uh, Empire, which is post Generation X. I think it's basically Generation X without Billy Idol. Is that correct? It's it's uh, the guitarist and the drummer. Tony James went on uh, to do the Gen X stuff. Gotcha. Um, and then some rando on bass. Gotcha. So and it, it I mean, I th- uh, to me, I haven't revisited it in a number of years, but it does sound like Embrace was doing their best. It it does, um, and obviously because all those dudes dudes knew each other. Uh, you know, I, I, I again, I feel like I hear more of it in Rites of Spring uh, when it comes down to it, but obviously. Embrace were listening. Um, what's interesting about that record, it too, is it seems very much to be a record that was put out because they just wanted to. It's like the songs aren't really about stuff. It's more like they're exploring sounds and uh, and put out a twelve inch of it. Yes, and um, uh, but but it's it's interesting. Uh, so I don't think a lot of our listeners listen to Generation X. Uh, you should. Uh, that's a very underrated punk band. Sean Duty gets into some of like the cornball punk shit, like with without apologies. Look at him casting re- aspersions. Yeah, really? No, no, no. Sean Duty will cop to that. He's like, he's like, a, oh, absolutely. He's like a sex. I player. don't have a. Okay. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't have a Rutz LP anymore, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Okay. So, but like the point is that it's like some of that material is great. No apologies and. and uh, uh, a lot of like we've talked about stiff little fingers a lot yep. on this and that's because they're fucking great, but they've gone through periods where they weren't fucking cool at all. Oh, and, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I would say maybe they're back to being somewhat cool, but uh, you know, like sex pistols, sex pistols goes to like for a long period of my life, they were the lamest fucking reference you could make. Yes. But now it's a pretty it's it's you could add it to the canon of not just like punk of stuff you listen to and and it would be totally nobody would bat an eye at that right there'd right. be a so, lot of people who are like yeah this just rounds out your sound right and and generation x is that for me i think generation x is infinite i mean provably a better band than something like the sex pistols but it is uh also just like really holds up no and if anybody's uh, curious you can listen to expensive sound which is the empire record it's streaming it's on spotify it should be out there oh no shit yeah really? yeah i will how many monthly listeners let's do this one of our favorite games 900 tom sheehan how many spotify listeners to the band empire oh i'm gonna say three thousand okay and sean duty guess 78 sean duty you're the closest by far it's 230 monthly listeners Let's get that number let's, up. Let's see what week. we can do. Let's double that because it is, it is at the very least, it's been a long time, but I remember the lore and it's an interesting record to listen to at the very least. Uh, All right. So, so, so now I asked you, we had a long conversation about embrace really quick before I get your lung fish and, and compare and contrast Sean duty. You were in a band named end of a year. It became quite a contentious thing in the band. You referenced talking about the embrace LP in the van. Tell us about that. Um, a uh, friend of the room, Andy Rice. I don't know if that's uh, 
if a um, yeah. occasional tour drummer. Yes. Um, asked me point blank uh, once on tour. Very, I don't think we were on the tour yet officially. We we're doing like a three day drive to, from New York to Austin to start the tour. Asked me, we're in like New Jersey. Uh, what do I think of the Embrace record? And at that point, I think I answered it was childish bullshit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you may have been there for that. I might have been. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Who in end of year liked the band name the least and liked the Embrace record the least? Andrew fucking hates the record. Yeah, hates it so there much. You go. All right, um, Pat, give us give us some lungfish. Go. Okay, uh, this is jumping ahead a little bit. We're going to fill in the gaps, but uh, mm-hmm. let's just get it out of the way. Lungfish probably after Minor Threat, my favorite. Uh, Discord band by a mile. Uh, Maybe one of your favorite bands, right? Like- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Top five. Yeah. Um, it is uh, a singular beast that uh, is either from first note boring to you or you enjoy their entire catalog. And I think that that's a remarkable, remarkable thing to be because most bands there's a a precipitous drop off at some point or like a steady decline that just bums you out that is not the case with lungfish lungfish put out something like nine or 11 records some shit like that like one a year for however many years and every single record has something of value there's maybe two records in their entire discography that i don't listen to regularly when i'm in a lungfish mood and uh for anybody that doesn't know the sound it is wholly unique there's not too much else there out there like it it is uh built on uh kind of it's repetitive as fuck is the thing so you could say uh the fall might have been a precursor in some people's minds but it's goes it goes a bit past that a lot of it is triplets that just seem to go on for fucking three minutes it's it's really not a challenge because the guitar playing is so effortless and feels so present. You just, you, you, the song does not bore you unless it bores you, in which case don't bother with lungfish. <laughs> that's the fuck. Yeah. That's the entire fucking discog. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, what's interesting about lungfish too, is like, it's like, it's, you know, straight edge gets put in people's heads with a lot of discord bands. And obviously the vast majority of them weren't because you know, that's reality. I think of the gray matter photo where three of them are smoking cigarettes. Um, but, uh, lungfish by far are clearly influenced by, by drugs. Yeah. Like psychedelics. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, agreed. I, I, I haven't messed with it, but yeah, it's, uh, they've got that two stone feeling and kind of like the best way. (laughs) Okay. With lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, out there! Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist 
Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. I'm with that. Um, all right, let me throw out another one, and we're going to kind of get through the obvious stuff pretty quick here. But, but I do want to. I think I got the uh, the four seven inches on a twelve inch, or I mean, I got it as a CD, but it's the Teen Idol seven inch SOA government issue and Youth Brigade DC. Um, of those four, I probably I'd go Youth Brigade SOA. And then government issue or Teen Idols, it's fine. Teen Idols has more personality, but is less interesting musically and less urgent. Um, government issue uh, loses me sometimes, but if I put this on, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, these are these are pretty fucking great songs." Um, wh- what are your thoughts on that, guys? Any of that stuff? Did any of that st- stuff stick with any of the three of you? No, I think I think yeah, that I, it's. I, I agree, Pat. Yeah, I, I think all that stuff is only notable because uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it, of where it falls in hardcore's history. I think it's fascinating. You're if you want to give it give it a go on its own merits, I don't think it's worth it. Wow. Yeah. SOA Lost in Space, Girl Problems. I mean, that's problematic. Now. Um, gonna have to fight. Oh man! Like I think SOA. So SOA being Hank uh, Henry Rollins' first band, um, Hank Garfield, Hank Garfield pre pre his time in Black Flag, it's mostly notable for that. But I think if you're a fan of Victim in Pain or Negative Approach or any of the early stuff, short songs that just kind of get to it. Even even if you fuck with Poison Idea and you've never heard the SOA seven inch, most people who have have heard SOA. Um, I think that record's important, and I think I mean that's the best of the four to me. Yeah. I think Youth Brigade DC gets lost. It's a weird record. It's the weirdest of these four. Um, it's having two bands called Youth Brigade doesn't threw it off. I think they're so yeah. much better than the California Youth Brigade. It's it's not fair. Um, the the t- Pat does not agree with that because the Stearns oh or his, his homies right yes Youth Brigade. It's about time that we had a change. Is a fucking anthem. Love it. Um, D- Duty, where are you at on this one? SOA I find more interesting as being proto faith. Okay, yeah, that makes uh, sense because because it was a uh, guitarist and drummer, um, and I, I can't do government issue. I can do like a side of uh, make an effort, which did not come out on that's Discord. Right. I can do one song on the fun just never ends, which did not come out on Discord, and that's about it. Um, I can't speak to DC Youth Brigade. Really. Uh, Teen, I, yeah, I've, I've never actually. I don't think I've ever actually listened to him. Was this um, is a weird one for me? In the, um, it's funny because a lot of a lot of I was thinking about it as we were going through the Discord stuff and what you said, duty about you were into you know a lot of the spiky punk stuff and this and that. When I got into stuff, I got into a lot of the classic New York hardcore, eighties New York hardcore stuff, 
and you know some of the SST stuff, Bad Brains, and then Discord stuff. And so like this was really early on for me. So like I knew every Teen Idol song inside and out, and I knew every Discord like uh, uh, Youth Brigade DC song inside and out. Um, and and I think a lot of my other friends did too around here. So when you guys are like, yeah, nah, that's it's it's. I bet there's some people yelling at their their car stereos right now, but that's okay because because oh, I'm sure because the other side is yeah, like like I'm looking at the government issue stuff and it's just not it doesn't grab me and and I I could see it like some of this stuff it's just like what is your early eighties hardcore du jour like what's the stuff that you got introduced to and really have some like connection to. And, and this is it for me. I mean, I think it depends on when you join in, when you join on to the, yeah. the hardcore parade. I think for me, you know, fucking whenever 1991 and yeah. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people were like, have you checked out that government issue stuff? Like, no, <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think, I think that minor threat, especially at that time with like the, having the CD with the discography, it's like, do you need anything else? I mean, you do, but at the time, it's like holy fuck. No, like listen, you're right. ten thousand times. No, well, you know what? It's sort of it goes to the old adage compared to compared to Minor Threat, this stuff is shit. Compared to shit, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? We did one government issue record. Was it "Give Us Stab" or "Give Us Death"? Yes. That I was shocked by duty. That that I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this in so long, and I was like this ain't bad um and it found sounded so much more fully formed than any of the government issue stuff that i had really yeah sat with that's before that yeah so um okay uh, any other notable discord classic stuff before we start going into deeper cuts um i'd argue right to spring yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah right to spring and probably the first two fugazi records counting uh the first two EPs is one record because that's yeah, probably the most songs people have it. Yeah. Uh, um, did you say Dag Nasty? Can I say? I did. Yo, Tom, I think this is I'm. Uh, this is a conversation we're waiting to have. I am a Dag Nasty fan, and I love Can I Say, and I l- love Wig Out at Denko. So they fall into my canonical Discord conversation. Where you? I know you love them as well, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Wig Out? I, I I don't like it as much as Can I Say. It's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you like Can but I Say better? Yeah, like you said, like everything else is shit. Yeah, yeah, cool. But I I much prefer Can, I, Can say. I Say. Duty, where are you at with Dag Nasty? Uh, I'm I, I'm lawful neutral on Dag Nasty, um, but I think a lot of that has to do less with the record itself, which is fine. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Um, but having seen more, uh, so many, uh, very mediocre bands heavily, heavily influenced by Dagnasty, which seems to be, seemed to be a well when I was going to show circa like 2001 to maybe 2004 that bands dipped into a lot. Yeah. I think that the late nineties brought a huge wellspring of melodic hardcore influenced by dag nasty like i think that dag nasty can i say wig out cd really hit a lot of people's heads i'm sure it did mine you know yeah influenced a lot of people and they're one of the bands who like this is an episode pk let's put this down um bands who are 
awesome or considered classic who have not had progeny, have not had any influence bands that were really that great. Oh, it's a fucking ton. I know. Dag Nasty's a tough mm. one. There's a few bands. Like, I, I cite the, the Louisville band Automatic, who, who has a real Dag Nasty influence, as being good. I, I really like their, their recorded output. But there's so few others that would actually be like, yeah, we sound like Dag Nasty, that I'm like, oh, you're good. Most of them, it's like, oh. Uh. And I wonder about that, because I think it's, I think a lot of times, Brian Baker's guitar playing is super underrated and how talented he is and some of the stuff that they're doing on the Dagnasty LPs, especially the first two, um, is so good, but the melodies are simple. And so what people are attaching themselves are less his his ability and like some of the more technical weird stuff he's doing and more to these simple melodies. And and so, you know, please don't be hurt, people, but when you do a Dagnasty sounding band, you better be fucking ripping at guitar and show it because otherwise you're going to sound like children rhymes. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, okay. You said rights of spring. I think we're all in the rights of spring boat. What was your first experience with rights of spring duty? Do you remember it? Uh, really distinctly. Um, I think it was probably a couple years before, uh, before end, I was in end of a year, uh, I pretty much instantly took to it. Uh, even though a friend of mine did point out that drink deep sounds like a uh, gee busting a nut, um, <laughs> which it does. Uh, um, Drew Patrick to the band. Is that right? That's correct. So uh, is but, there anything that, that we should say about the rights of spring record other than the fact that this is like, kind of the birthplace for better or worse of the emo sound and a lot of bands who've done a lot of good and very bad things with with the sound oh yes but weirdly you want to talk about generational uh uh, amnesia uh well every emo band can probably trace most of its origins to or it can trace it it, it's it's a shared what is a common ancestor it's a common ancestor of all emo uh, however, it's amazing how at each generation subsequently uh, to this to the, uh, immediate the one immediately after Rites of Spring has totally forgotten Rites of Spring. It's in all of their DNA, and none of them really reference. Yeah. And he, I, mean, I think here's a hot take: Rites of Spring, in in the grand scheme of things, bigger than Embrace. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That a hot take. I feel like a lot of people that I know that would not even give a shit about Embrace loved the Right to Spring record. I I honestly think it's one of the Discord records that is most undeniable. I I think that it, it, you have to recognize the merit in it, uh, even if probably two or more people on this podcast might think that the One Last Wish record is actually better. Yeah, I think it's better. Um, let me put it this way. I think with Embrace, there's a familiarity with Ian, sure, that comes from that Minor Threat lineage. That and and <clears throat> I mean, I should ask you guys. I find the Embrace material to be a bit more accessible than Rites of Spring, and I'm not. I don't think oh, it's yeah. better. Actually, I don't think it's better. But it's, it's more pro- okay. Hold on. Yeah, it's probably not better. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> exactly. Not yeah. 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 Well, I'm saying I don't even know if I'd prefer it per se to the right to spring LP, but like 
I think even on this podcast, I've admitted like, yo, the Red Spring LP has been something I tried on a lot of times and, and it just wasn't what I wanted for a long time. No pun. Um, but, but when I finally got it, I was like, oh, fuck. okay. Yeah, but I think you know? vocals are hard to kind of – the ends are a lot easier just to like – Except yes. the geese are a little bit weirder. Yeah, and I think on I oh, think yeah. the one last wish record, Gee really cues in in a way that he didn't with Rides of Spring, and then moving forward to Fugazi, he he's doing something different there too, you know. Um, but kind of backtracking, if and I've said this too, if you are having trouble with this Rides of Spring record, uh, it's the streaming era. Go go listen to the one last wish record first, and then go back to it. I promise you you will uh, uh, you will flip a switch in your head fact um w- w- duty i think you were gonna say something yeah i'm, I'm not gonna say that the uh i like the uh one last wish record better than the rights of spring record but they can be very neck and neck for me mm-hmm. um the songs uh that the other dude sings uh i believe it's michael hampton it might be eddie janney mm-hmm. on uh on the one last wish record though uh they are not so great yeah no, they, they, they have some charm but it they, they don't drive at all yeah it, it's a neat idea because i don't think there were really discord bands that were doing two vocalists at that point or or, or uh, like switching around um but it's i wouldn't say screeching halt but and i, I don't like getting up to Skip, skip uh, tracks, the tracks yeah. but 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 at the same time, yeah, it's like it, it wouldn't be marred by their absence. Yo, PK, you you know that you know my feelings on the one last wish LP. Who's the other that you would have guessed? The other what undeniable record? No, the other person who might take it over the Red Spring. Oh, I thought I thought Sean Duty was going to pop okay. out with that. Okay, no, no, okay. Um, so the Dagnasty. Oh, uh, PK Dagnasty doesn't do it for you. Doesn't float your boat. Uh, can I say has uh, two undeniable tracks? Okay, I'm curious uh, about you on those records. At some point, I'd love to hear. 20, the title track on Can I Say is fucking awesome, and and also uh, Circles is obviously like, you know, it 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 deserves a top 100 in 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 probably hardcore. I would say, values here as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Values here. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love that whole record. That record, to me, front to back, is fantastic. Um, at some point, I should talk about what I think of Dave Smalley because there's there's been a point in my life where I said, like, Dave Smalley from DYS to the first Down by Law LP, almost perfect. Uh, like, I love I love the first DYS LP. Second one, not so much. Love the Dag Nasty record. Really like the two all records he sings on. And and I can kind of fuck with the Down by Law record. And I know I just lost everyone else who's on this, but no, no. Do you like those all I, records I, he like, does? Yeah, I mean, Chad Price is my favorite all singer. Sure, but um, I mean, they're definitely good. I even I even like the the um, the Dagnasty reunion, the ninety three, right, 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 right. So, um, so yeah, you know, Dagnasty certainly canonical. They seem to have fallen a little bit out of for sure, right? I'm, I'm not wrong on that. Yeah. Okay. People should get back on that stream. All right. I don't think we really missed anything else. Uh, Fugazi is clearly, um, I mean, is it safe to say they're the most popular band who's ever been on Discord? 
Uh, they're the only band who charted. Yeah. They charted repeatedly too. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, minor threat is arguable because of that, but it's a different kind of thing in activity. Fugazi was a band who really, really mattered. If you were talking about non-mainstream music from like 1987 to 1994, their name was coming up first paragraph. No question. Yeah, it was literally like them and like fucking REM and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. they were alternative musics, you know, top five. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine I, I don't I, I can't say this for certain, but like they might have gone platinum, right? No, I think <laughs> platinum at that I think platinum at that time, platinum's changed, but platinum at that time I think was true numbers, like insane yeah. numbers. I, I'm sure that they are a 2020 uh double platinum. Right. You don't think they did even well, they probably sold five hundred thousand or maybe of like thirteen songs or repeater or Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm guessing that I'm guessing that uh records like Steady Died and Nothing were probably the breakthroughs. Yeah. 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 I think they start charting within on the kill taker. Yeah. Which yeah. is good, good record, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so um Discord records you know, as we're going through this, like like we didn't bring up Flex Your Head. Uh, incredible comp we didn't bring up so flex your head was a uh first 10 records uh staple for people of a certain generation yeah no question yeah you know the way the way it is in the uh it is in the uh the, you know what can we call it the crazy horse of of comps um you know this one's up there with the way it is. I mean, if you ask people the way it is, is built a lot in the way that Flexor Head was. It was designed to mimic what they did with Flexor Head for New York at the time. Right. Couple songs per band. And yep. yeah. Yep. Um, I don't, I think, you know, okay. So, so we're skipping some stuff, but is there anything we didn't mention before we get into deep cuts? We didn't mention ignition. You said we, we should. Uh, I think it's, I, I think it still falls on a deep, deep cut. cut. Okay. Then yeah. let's, let's, uh, Lungfish isn't deep cut, but let's see. Um, what about Scream? We're, we're, uh, I can talk about Scream all day. I think they utterly suck. <laughs> all right. Wow. That's another one who I think they're, they're, they're maybe still screaming was better. I don't. That was a band who forever, in the same way that you said, uh, they, they felt like they were just there. They're a band who I never fell in love with or even fell in like with. It was just like, oh, this isn't bad, you know? Yeah, a list of bands that are nobody's favorite band. Scream. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, Could, that's probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's couldn't tell you if I've heard them. Right, right. Okay. Um, oh. Sean Duty, what Lungfish record would you say is the is the one? Uh, my personal favorite's Unanimous Hour. Tell me Great one. Record. Uh, pretty varied. Also, I think Mated is the catchiest thing they did. And catchy, to be fair, is not a thing they really did very often. Mm. Um, so th- that's a nice change. Um, I like the kind of weird, varied production. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so live, uh, they would play the two like up tempo rockers that were, uh, really catchy were Mated and a Buddy Holly cover. Huh. <laughs> Which makes sense because it kind of has that like made it made it mid- feels like a buddy like it could be a Buddy Holly song. Yeah, it, it's it, it feels like some sort of like crud bomb. Uh, this is going to be a weird comparison, but um, 
my sisters were way into like very visible Beck stuff when I was in high school. So I get to hear that right. a lot, but he, but he liked to dip into that sort of, uh, fr- like sort of like freaker garage rock. Yep. Uh, well, a whole lot. And that, that, that's, it, it almost has a chorus even. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. which everybody, the reason that that's notable is because lungfish has nothing in the way of true choruses. Yeah. I think nothing is easy. might be the only song that actually truly has two parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you also say that's uh, a good entry point for someone who's uninitiated? No. No? What, what do you think is the best entry point for an uninitiated lungfish listener? Uh, something earlier, something closer to grunge. Okay. Um, talking Songs for Walking is a good one. I don't think Pass and Stowe would be, uh, no, would be too off. No, Pass and Stowe is maybe for the, the emo rockers in the group. What about someone who just likes Trapped Under Ice? Uh, uh, Feral well, Hymns. Mm, yeah. Feral yeah. Hymns is a legitimately heavy record for anybody interested. For anybody that's like, oh, the way that they were just describing Lungfish doesn't appeal to me. Their final record, Feral Hymns, is a legitimately heavy record from men w- who had every part of their be- their hair was gray. Their ball hair was gray. And, it was, and it's a heavy record. It's 100% worth checking out. Now, didn't da- da- Daniel Higgs did the Dan Higgs did the artwork right for that first for trapped under ice? Uh, yeah, for um, for stay cold, stay cold. Yeah, because his son was in it at some point. That's right. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but he's not in the current. No, not in the current. Yeah. Oh God damn it! Uh, you know what's funny? I was just gonna say he's in my head. He's the Hoya of trapped under ice. But that's just because they're like kind of like round face sort of dudes. Uh, I forget the fucking kid's name. Clippa? I feel bad. Clippa, thank you. Um, yeah, so so Dan Higgs' son, uh, Dan Higgs of Lungfish's son, was in uh, one of the earlier iterations of Trapped Under Ice. So uh, for those of you that need a through line to what we're usually talking about on this podcast, there it is. Reason alone to listen to Trapped Under Ice to go listen to gut instinct and to go listen to lungfish. Okay. Um, yo, is it weird that lungfish is from Baltimore, but was on discord? Has that ever been, uh, you know, kind of sussed out? It's them. Okay. So the way that it did, one of them have to rent a a room in a DC house. So, so discord could be like, all right, yeah, we'll put your record out. They got in on a technicality as did void. I think isn't void. Yeah, Voids voids from the burbs. Void from Columbia. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, everybody, if you look at the Lungfish discography, so okay, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. This is a very, very nerdy episode of this podcast. Super nerdy. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. However, if you are new to this, whether you're a fucking longtime hardcore dude who just doesn't give a fuck about Discord, or you're one of our listeners that doesn't really even give a fuck about hardcore, you just like hearing people talk about something with enthusiasm. uh, If you look at the discord discography you're going to see a number of bands that are not from uh dc however those are split releases that i would need ian to confirm or deny but my guess is that while discord was really rolling and doing really decent numbers yep. uh and doing a direct mail order business i think at the time uh which means that a lot of this revenue is wink unreported uh they were able to uh they were able to fund other records that they thought were great in collaboration with 
other labels. Those label those bands uh, or, uh, are given half or three quarters or whatever. Yeah. yeah designations so you'll see like 40 45 and then 45 and a half that's because it was split blah, 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 that sort of thing so uh but the principle here for anybody that missed this memo when we were talking earlier in a way that like oh you all must know is that these are supposed to be dc bands by and large and there's maybe two exceptions uh in in, in all of uh in, in all of their discography it's pretty impressive to be honest that dc has had this much music although i will say i do not think and sean duty could confirm or deny this i do not think that it is wrong to say that perhaps in the mid-2000s the idea maybe dc stopped making as much good music <laughs> you know, so, so you're uh, saying the, mid-2000s uh, well, is when it drops out uh, I'm saying that you could get no. I mean, late late, late 90s, two, late, I think. late 90s, yeah, yeah, mid 90s yeah. even, yeah, for a lot of stuff. So, so let's go in. You did the walkabout, Sean Duty. Um, we want some deep cuts. We want some thoughts, some opinions. I think Patrick, you've you've spent some time with a lot of this catalog, much more than me. Tom, we're at the limits. Like I can touch on a few other things here, but I, I'm. I'm spent as far as a lot of my discord knowledge here. Yeah. Same. I mean, I can talk about Fugazi for an hour. Yeah. If, if anybody wants to, um, we're going to do that soon. Follow up. Right. But other than that, like just kind of going through, it's like, yeah, I've seen a lot of these in like the use section at, at generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these bands open for Fugazi uh, bands. that went on to other things like Jawbox. Um, then the one like probably post, 90 you know yeah post 95 non-fugazi record that i bought that i actually kind of liked at the time that i would have to revisit yeah off of um discord was q and not you yeah very popular band at one time very popular discord like f- flagship mm-hmm. band for their time i think like late 90s yeah the band the record that i bought was no kill beep beep yep. no kill no beep beep it was kind of like a they were early on and like if i remember correctly like the hipster like Oh yeah, damn rock. Yeah, they were damn yeah. as hell. Yeah, I I was going to Hampshire at the time uh, in Western Mass, and there was a category of bands I would just call Smith College bands. Yep. Um, and Q and Not You played at Smith College all the time. Makes sense. And it, and it usually was kind of like cutesy, dancey, crappy. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, stuff like that. to me, it's very much of an era. Yeah. Uh, all right. So a deep dive. Uh, here's one that I thought was interesting. I recently read uh, an interview with, I think his name's Eric from the band double O. Oh yeah. Uh, now this is notable. This band is not great. Uh, and it is a split release. Uh, it's 10 and a half, I think on the discord yes, discography, but uh, <laughs> notable for, for people that if I point out that this band had an Asian singer in, in 1983, the fact that I'm pointing it out kind of illustrates the fact that maybe things weren't as diverse as they should have been. However, it is notable and interesting because there was a lot of short-lived punk bands coming from the UK that had, for example, black singers, etc. But the first wave of, of notable hardcore acts kind of was a lot of white guys. And Double uh, mm-hmm. O was an exception to that. So for people that are interested in that part of hardcore history, it's worth looking into. Absolutely, and I actually think it's pretty good. I haven't thought about the 007 in a long time. Yeah, it's pretty decent. 
um, I point out that you do, um, something we should talk about with the Discord scene uh, is that they were. It was very much an upper middle class scene for the most part. Yeah, uh, a thing uh, a uh, thing that's not addressed very much at all, except f- among musicians. <laughs> which, yes. which means, and it being DC, you wind up having a lot of uh, politicians' kids involved. Um, right, that's what I was going to ask. Like, Kenny Inouye, uh, I, I, I'm pronouncing this wrong, but uh, son of the uh, Japanese American uh, senator from Hawaii, for example, I believe was in Marginal. Oh, oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um. I was going to uh, uh, go with with another one. Um, uh, a personal favorite of mine off of uh, Flex Your yes. Head uh, in that vein. Uh, Red, Red Sea. Sea's awesome. Awesome. A creepy theater, uh, kind of almost British sounding. Yeah. Um, their bass player was a uh, young black woman. Um who unfortunately died of pneumonia in the mid eighties. And this is why the nothing's ever been done with the red sea tapes because they died with That's her. That's right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but those, you can yeah. find those. If you haven't heard the red sea demos, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this with a couple of friends. Cause we're like, yo, like those songs are so good on flex your head. Arguably, man. I mean, they're not minor threat. They might be right behind that. I haven't thought about those untouchable songs in a long time either. Um, and for younger folks, yes, you would know Red Sea because Ceremony has covered them for years and years. They and cover them on record. The song "Pressure's On." Right, you would think it was their own song. Yes, yes. Um, if you didn't know, yeah. Uh, and they, the tapes worth- are really good. You can find them. You can download them. They're awesome. So, is it worth mentioning Iron Cross? Sure. If, if, if only because they they uh, they seeded a bunch of yeah. uh, much less dumb bands. <laughs> oh, is that right? I mean, yeah. Well, you know, yes. uh, yeah. I mean, they they influenced a lot of stuff, actually. You know, like. Oh, I thought I thought we were saying members went on to do. No, I, that, that's what I'm okay. saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's true yeah. too. That's true too. These dudes were the OG Skins, the Skinhead Glory, eighty-two seven-inch. Um, famously, much like we just talked about, ceremony covering Red Sea. Um, Crucified uh, was adopted by Agnostic Front and just became essentially an AF song, you know? Um, yeah, kind of undeniably an AF song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, parodied by Crucial That's Youth. That's right. <laughs> uh, my significant other thinks that we do far too little conversation on Crucial Youth. So um, we might have to have Crucial Jim on at some point. Um, but, um, but, but uh, so Iron Cross. I can't tell you the last time I chose to put them on. No. <laughs> Fucking no. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, are do you guys follow the, uh, the Twitter account? Um, American, American movement. Yes. I know all about it. What do you want to know? Uh, do you know how I, many pictures on there are from the shore? A lot. A okay, lot. So, mm. Bob, would you explain to people at home what American movement, American <laughs> underscore movement underscore is? Um, it's a site that's documenting uh, the skinhead movement in the U.S. Um, do you want to know the real fun fact behind it? Tell me. It's run by a Russian dude. I, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and, and here's the funnest part of it, in my view. Yeah. The comments. Oh, oh, yeah. If you, Hey, guys, 
do you are you sick of seeing fucking 19 year olds fight on twitter oh, about what fascism God. is yeah go onto this fucking instagram and watch 47 year olds fight about what fascism is <laughs> it's so fucking funny yeah it's like dudes bit it's literal arguments about like who put out whose record in 1984 it's so stupid <laughs> everybody tune in uh oh Gordon. only old photos <laughs> Exclamation point. History, exclamation point. Insults and negativity, blocked. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's how you can tell how old somebody is if they tell you, I'm going to block you from my page. It's got some pretty incredible rabies <laughs> photos. Um, it's got some really cool photos from the shore. Stuff, um, too. Like- yeah, there's, there's mixed things. There's lots. I mean, yes, go read the comments. Um, see some stuff that's cool and some stuff that's not cool sketchy yeah yeah, yeah. there's nothing like l- let's be really clear here we're not we'll t- call talking, interesting bob yeah we're we're not speaking coded there's stuff here that's sketchy there's nothing here that's outright like yo that's that's a straight up wp well, also, man, hold, hold on bob let, let, let's talk about it there's sometimes, some sketchy stuff though sometimes the sketchy is just Sometimes the sketchy is almost unfortunate. It's uh, the same time, way. That, yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, no, I'm saying like it's it, it's the way that like some bands carry around a, a scarlet letter because uh, in like the Me Too era, somebody in the band did some fucking unfortunate shit. Yeah. Same thing with some of these bands and kind of extremist politics, where it was just four knuckleheads who just were like into drinking and fucking like working at a mill. And then weirdly they were attached to the drummer who went on uh, to do they, some they, truly stupid shit. Exactly. Yes. So, so, so everybody's, you know, your mileage may vary, blah, blah, blah. But like <clears throat> a lot of the bands that get talked about in this are kind of like dumb kids who just somebody offered to put out the record and they went sick <laughs> and then, it, and then are remembered in not glorious ways. That's that sums it up. Well, American underscore movement underscore shout out. Um, so uh, iron cross. Yeah. The, worth noting, but not worth um, listening to. Maybe we say, yeah, still not the worst stuff on, uh, on what's your head. worst. I agree. What's your worst. Oh God! Um, Are you taking Deadline? Are you taking? I like the Deadline. I, I like Deadline. deadline. I, I Untouchables. I have a weird affinity for. Yeah, that might be the worst yeah. ship. No, Government Issue for me is the worst on there by far. Actually, yeah, and hey, do not like hey, Government Ronnie Issue. Is one actually, of the more notable songs. Yeah, um, I love the Youth Brigade song "More Majority." Damn, this version of My Rules is perfect. The Void stuff on there. I'd say I would like Void a lot more if it were more in line with that okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yo, flex your head. Great, mm, great, great, great. Flex your head. Um, Artificial Peace. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as underrated now that it's uh, gone from being bootlegged to... Discographied. Uh, uh, official discography, yeah. But um, although, again, proto, proto-marginal, man. And again, it's in that era of the... Oh, yeah. I guess they released that. Um I don't. I think Discord might have actually been at their worst uh, when they were more of a straight hardcore label. Wow! Interesting. Wow! Interesting. That's a take. Okay. All right. So, yo, get us, uh, get us a deep cut. Sean Duty, you start us off. Give us your. I think it's going to be you and Patrick with me and Tom. Maybe, maybe chiming in questions and and give us, give us what this, what, what we would, what, why we should listen to this. 
Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go in a real weird direction with this. This is the first thing I bought on Discord. Minor Threat Discography was my second. Okay. Uh, Slant Six in Zombia. I don't know uh, this record at all. Uh, Slant Six um, musically probably could be lumped in with Riot Girl. Uh, yeah, it's it's adjacent, but, at the very least, yeah. Uh, but they but they weren't. They were far far more abstract. Uh, far far more tuneful. Uh, I bought it when I was fourteen because it was eight bucks, and my father's a mechanic, so I knew what a slant six was. What is a slant six? Uh, a slant slant six was a uh, Chrysler's. Uh, oh, the engine, yeah, six cylinder right. engine from the sixties to the late eighties. It, it became a it had an inclined design, hence the name. That's funny. Um, uh, they named themselves after this. Uh, I think I listened to it maybe once then. Um, All-female trio. Uh, vocals are kind of Slater-Kinney-like, though not anywhere near so over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually have a bass player, which is always a win for me. <laughs> uh, went back and listened to it um, the other night when we were talking about doing yeah. this. Actually held up much, much, much better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I actually put uh, it on per your recommendation and, and had a nice time with it. I actually thought there were some tracks on that record. Yeah, it's a, it's not a listen to every day kind of thing, but um, really quite enjoyable, but also started raising questions for me about what we think a Discord band is. Because I think you can say that and associate it with a sound, um, right. which isn't really all that true in most cases. No, I think that's right. I mean, because I think... You know, as you said, like the, if if we go on the the canon that Extra Grind a hardcore podcast talks about, it's you know it's minor threat and and friends. You know, the super friends of DC yeah. hardcore eighty to eighty seven. Um, but in reality, they've done a lot with a really varied. Like you know, I, I was thinking about Jawbox. I, I do like the Jawbox Discord record a lot, and. Um, and then, you know, the Slant 6 record sounds nothing like that. And then we fast forward to the Q and Not You record, and that couldn't be further from those two records. And you've got, yeah, like, particularly their 90s uh, stuff. I mean, you've got, I don't know what was up with Shudder to Think. Um, great, great, Tip. great, great, great cover of uh, So Into You. I'm going to, uh, which record is it on? I know they have a few. They do. Um, I'm going to have to look, but go on. Sorry. Um, no. Uh, and you have like Blue Tip, for example, which are basically alt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're no basically question. 90s no alt. Question. Um, Only band who put a uh, record out on uh, Revelation and Discord. Really? Right. Wow. Um, and then you have stuff like Circus Lupus, for example, which is, uh, if you want to talk about bands that got in in DC on a technicality, um, <laughs> Uh, Chris Thompson, singer, uh, former Ignition and I believe Soulside bassist, goes to school in the Midwest, brings his band back from like Madison, Wisconsin with him. So (laughs) there is, uh, there, there is, uh, let's be real. There is the kind of, with a lot of discord stuff, because it's such a local scene, there is a sort of element, I think of, uh, records coming out because simply because you know, they're friends. Right. Well, oh, right, right. Oh, right. A lot of friend releases here. That's yeah, right. and a lot of them. Yeah, this is why you know some of it clearly is of just hot, much higher Circus caliber. Lupus, Circus Lupus, super genius, great, which but. we did on the '92 uh, year in hardcore episode. We did 
that's not an easy listen. I'll just put it like that. Even um, even being glowing, there was it was hard to really pull positive things from that. Uh, I I like it, but I also uh, like the Jesus lizard. Okay, no, you know what? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, solid brass. Uh, the next record. Uh, I think think that one's a- a- actually pretty okay. legit. But it's really, really, that's really getting into, I know you guys have covered government already to begin with, um, so I don't want to go too hard on it, but that's really getting into Discord on a technicality kind of stuff. Far more so than, say, like, um, for going for the obscurity of which bands weren't from D.C., uh-huh. uh, tech, uh, I, there's no point in revisiting this because I, <laughs> I, I tried it, and it's just bad. It's bad. It's like third-rate Smoking Pope's level uh, crappy pop punk. Uh, but Trusty were actually from Little Rock and moved to D.C. to uh, specifically to get on Discord. Jesus and, uh, I guess, uh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sub pop style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so um, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are times when their mission statement is a little complex. Sure, sure, sure. Is what so so, so and, you, you're telling us um, Slant 6 and Zombia. It's on the yep. listen list. Cir- it's on the list. Circus Lubus, um, Solid Brass, on the listen list. Um, yes, I, I, I would say that's fair. That, that being said, um, Patrick, what's the German term that a uh, dude was trying to uh, explain your vocal style as at one time? Oh, uh, 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 Sp- Schmeichel. Yeah, that sounds right. There's actually two of them, Sean Duty. There's two terms that sound very similar to each other. Uh, let's go with yours. Yeah, because I think one literally, I think it's just the same two stems reversed, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's very much. It is kind. It kind of has a weird ranting feel to the vocals. Uh, sample song song title. Uh, I always knew you were an asshole. Yes. Um, uh, new cop car. Uh, another one that weird like. I, I, they're the only Discord band I could think of, like a picture on like amphetamine reptile, or like one of those like that sort of like try to be just as hostile, yeah, hostile, yes, as as possible uh, with your music. Like they sound more like Hammerhead or something like that than anything else on Discord, really, uh, before or since. Um. Which I guess makes me want, not want to go too heavy on them because, like, they are kind of an oddball outlier. Right. Um. And give us. I don't know, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, oh, go sorry. for it. What do you got? Give us. Give us yeah. some deep cuts that you would recommend. All right. Uh, Rain like the sound of trains. Uh, is oh, this is not, this one's yeah yeah. So so this is uh, I did not know it was members of Verbal Assault, but it is. Uh, Soul Side and Beef Eater. Uh, and my memory of this, I have not listened to it in now a number of years, but my memory of it, it was REM hardcore. Yep. Uh, and good. <laughs> so, so I'm going to actually revisit it now that this is on my mind. And I believe our buddies at Atomic Action did a, a, a reissue of some of their singles a few years back. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So it's, it's oh, a little shit. easier to get to. So yeah. Um, I, I remember the first time I saw that band's name and being like, oh, that sounds cool. And, um, I think I think this is pre eighteen. 
And though I did like REM, I was not ready for this. But it's like in my memory, it's one of those things I'm like, oh, I got to go back to that and really dig into it and see if that's something that my old ass now would like. Well, if we're also doing just like the straight up uh, technicality split release bands, if we're doing the split release bands, everybody should listen to Kerosene 454. Uh, The uh, at zero is so fucking good and came by to kill me is also a discord split release also a really great record at zero is fucking fantastic if you are a fan of uh quicksand if you're a fan of uh, give me something that's like uh less uh less of that thick alt and more of that like straightforward driving alt that's what kerosene it 454 is and they're fucking great so everybody, oh, and if you like Blue Tip, Kerosene Four Fifty Four is the superior version of that. Okay. Hmm. All, right. All right. Why don't we? So, I've seen the name, but why don't we do a couple more here? And we'll we'll call it a wrap and and discuss what yeah. we think of Discord overall. Do you have any others, PK or Duty? Um. So this is. I know Soulside. Hmm. I I know Soulside uh, came up earlier. Uh, that was in in my uh, last week. I decided uh, uh, I was going to kind of research this to go with the uh, Discord's other compilation, State of the Union. Right, which which is better, by the way, everybody. Uh, heretical statement, but true. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> You're saying it's better than Flexor Head? Yep. Uh, I'd be in, I, when I was going into it, I would have said hell no. Nah. Uh, now I'm very much inclined to agree. Wow. Um, something's in the water up there. Also, yeah, um, it's uh, got the only uh, one last wish track. It was actually and, released. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it turned me on to the soul to uh, checking out Soul Side because I remember being, yeah, it's kind of like boinky boink, you know, baggy pants shit. It's like really the impression right. I got. <laughs> um, that's sort of like weird, like funk stream that was in some '90s hardcore yes. crap. Uh, it was not like that at all. Um, again, surprisingly close to noise rock, but but uh, much more much more musical uh, in this case. Wow! Um, uh, you guys are are also, really throwing me with the State of the Union comp. I think I think it's a much more like the the highs are way higher. I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I disagree would, I, there. I'm looking at the track list. And I'm like. Kingface, L- listen. Three? Uh, Flex your head has been or is no longer, I'm sure, but was a first ten records forever. But I don't see very many truly good songs on it. I think it's like a good introduction to what hardcore is when you're first getting into hardcore. Sure, sure, but, sure. But the bands are also ran in a lot of respects. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I'm a State of the Union guy. Wow. Okay. Tell me about that Fidelity Jones track. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Red Emma Uh, song, because then we can... Or the Thorns song. Sean Duty, what's your fire party take? There we go. Oh, I've I've tried. Okay, I'll try again. I'm in the same boat. I've tried. Um... I actually like the Three song on there. It makes me want to hear the electric version of it. Three is a band who I, I... 
tried the LP and just never, and then did the exact thing I'm talking about doing with rain, like sounds like the train or rain, like the sound of trains. Um, got the LP, put it on and was like, I'll give this a try in another couple of years. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Do we have it? So, so here's my question. I got a question. Please. Uh, let me, I'll go real quick. Um, is Discord between 1990 and present a label of note? Well, I mean, I you know what? I, I know your answer because Lungfish put the majority of their catalog out there. Um, Fugazi still between did 19, some records. What's that? Did you say between 1980 and no, now? No, 1990 and now. Oh, 1990. Yeah, 1980 yeah. to 1990, I think it's undeniable, right? Undeniable. 90 to now. So that includes, there's the Lungfish discography, essentially. I mean, yep. all the Fugazi records. A bunch records. of Fugazi records. So, so those two there. Outside of that, what <laughs> is there? It, was this just the vehicle for a couple things? Vehicle for a couple of right. things. I yeah. Mean, I like my uh, yeah. The, the, the evens is worth checking out. Uh, if you're an Ian completionist, then for sure, but also just on its own merits, uh, the LP has two really good songs on it. Um, the stuff red that, stuff. The, what's that? Any of the red hair stuff. Oh, oh yeah. yeah That's yeah. quite and good. Split release, I, I, red hair, totally underrated band in every respect. Yeah, I, um, I think that new Koriki LP is actually fucking really good. Like we played a song on one of the radio episodes. Um, if you didn't hear it, please go back and listen or just go listen to that record. It's su- it's both surprising at how how fucking good it is. But as as Patrick said, I mean, should we be surprised that Ian's involved in this like uh, highly competent quality project? No, no. Um, I'm going to say that there's a number uh, the stuff that does not appeal to any of us. I don't think. Uh, going to speak broadly. I. Th- I, there is some of our listeners who I'm going to urge you strongly to check out the dance rock period of Discord that I think 90% fucking sucks. But but it was, in my view, also the best of that material. So I'm talking about Q and Not You, but more yeah. that also ran bands. So that's, that's Antelope, El Guapo, uh, I think even Medications, which I think is more math rocky. A little but, bit. Uh, but those are bands worth checking out. Uh, they all manage this thing, which is to create catchy songs that don't mean much to you. And if you're in the mood for that, like for example, if you're at, if you work at a cafe and you put on the antelope record or the El Guapo record or the, or uh, the black eyes record, you're going to make the audience completely comfortable and pleasant without feeling like you're playing journey. Yeah. There, there's, there's toe tapping. Mm. There's, yeah. You know, and, and that, that's, yeah. you know, I guess that's notable. I mean, yo, Q and not you had such a moment that I think is hard to even explain. I think you did a good job there, Pat. Like this was a scene of underground music nominally, um, that, that people just enjoyed in the way that normies enjoy music. Like, Hey, let's go to this show and we'll like dance about. Yeah, cool. That yeah, sounds yeah, precisely. Fun. Yeah. That sounds neat, you know. And again, uh, limited limited appeal in this room. But yeah, uh, it's for listen. <laughs> it's for people. Yeah, fun it, it's for people that went to college and had sex. 
What's that like? <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> precisely. Uh, yeah, did you did where do you guys fall on the Ian Savonius kind of mm. I don't enjoy any of his work. <laughs> so. I mean each of you list better or worse had such an impact on like Yeah. The band I maybe not musically, but like everyone wanted to dress like that, dude. Whether yeah. it be Dennis from Refused or fucking Jeff Thursday. Yeah, like he, all he carried people. a vibe that was hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's out of here now, but, you know, in the early 90s, I think maybe his his fashion more than his music had a pretty decent impact on people. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I've met people that stand by his music. I, I really don't care for it. I, I it's, never have. Pat, where are you at with uh, Branch Manager? <laughs> you know I'm the biggest fan. You know it. Uh, Yo, describe Branch Manager to the uninformed. Oh, <laughs> Sean, dude, this falls oh, on you. Me? Yeah, this is like uh, this is like a constant. This is like a constant joke about Branch Manager. But I don't know an if anybody incredible could... name. Like it, it, uh... it's a great name. <laughs> um, Branch Manager to me sounds like. Uh, if you are familiar with any of the sort of also ran often very local, but not always late eighties through probably like late nineties, indie rock that came out of, uh, areas with music schools. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, now they, cl- yeah, I, I think of, um, I this is getting way too fucking local, but I can think of, uh, bands that, uh, come out of like SUNY Oneonta as kind of the second rate music school in this general quadrant. So shout shout and, out Oneonta. So this is, this is for, <laughs> this is for bands who are looking like when they get to play CMJ, it's like, yes. Fuck. Yes. Or, or maybe they get to play yeah. Mac rock and it's like, Oh shit. Um, where, what, what job of yours, Sean duty would you most likely put branch manager on and have someone say, Oh, this is cool. What is this? Um, I'd have to go back over 20 years to working the uh, 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, phone jockey at the local pizza place <laughs> uh, thing uh, job with a bunch of with a bunch of stoners about two years older. Okay, that's a good one. Hey, hey, guys, can, can I put you in a place? Everybody, close their eyes for a second. They're closed. Okay, CMJ showcase at North Six. Uh, there is a band, let's call them Aspen Dental, uh, who, who is uh, tuning by ear uh, and feels the need to make a joke to like because the room is fucking silent. Yep. And they go and they go. Uh, we're uh, we're Aspen Dental. Um, we're from uh, Oneana, New York. There's many uh, so, some oh. of you, so, some of you may know it as. Stoniana, and one person goes, "Yeah," and you yeah. go, "Thanks, and Billy." Go, All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I just pictured in my head with branch manager, and I got depressed. We got shirts in the back. Two of them are um, really yeah. successful mid managers at your local uh, insurance call center. So, one hundred percent, yes. I saw. I actually saw a branch manager. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> that's the reason why I asked. Because were they opening for Aspen Dental? I wish. Of course um, not. They were headlining they, over them. Of course they were uh, of reporting. Yeah, they were reporting to the branch manager. Right. <laughs> they played the last show at the New York Palladium. 
opening for Fugazi. And I think Lungfish played too, if because I saw Lungfish at one of those shows and didn't know what the fuck was happening. Mm. Um, but yeah, Branch Matt, and I always thought of like I, I was I'd always go like I should check that band out, and I never did. Yeah, <laughs> we're still there. Still not. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, twenty three years later, I still have checked those uh, those dudes out. No offense. Yeah, I, I always joke that I was gonna do a weird band called the the Color Khaki, and it was clearly gonna sound <laughs> like this, but uh, but I don't know. <laughs> the Color Khaki, Aspen Dental. I might need to get somebody to do a split for me. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll maybe I'll move to DC and see what Discord's got going on. All right, yo, this was a fun ride, guys. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so. Uh, Sean Duty, uh, what do you got anything to promote? When are oh, here's my question for you. When are you gonna start doing pop-up dinners in the 518? Uh I've been thinking about that. Uh do we need um, to have a party? Gotta, do we need to have an uh Patrick, when are you moving? I have to go to Alaska on the fifth. Right, right, right. But no, I mean when are you moving to Los Angeles? Oh, November November first. Okay, I, I I'm hoping that I arrive right in time for my place to be burned down in post election chaos. All right, so if he's back in the five one eight, let's book an end of October um, pop up dinner. We'll invite the uh, the drive guys, um, any other people from five one eight who who tell me, oh, Patrick lives here again. Cool, he never calls me, Justin Loudon. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that you can get all your friends uh, one last look before you are full on Randy Newman. Okay. I've just been hanging with my friends in Nexium. Yo, they sound like cool dudes. Yo, real shit. (laughs) Real accomplished. Nexium. I'm all in. Let's brand. Um, All right. Yo, duty. Thank you for coming on. We're going to have you back at some point. Um, Everybody see you next week. Later everyone.